Hi, this is Jenny Parkson, and this is The Reno Guide. This podcast is an experiment of a sorts, uh, and for the first episode, I have my good friend, Anne Schwartz. Uh, Anne is a fellow expat. She's from Austria. I'm from the US. So if you want to hear a couple of new, actually we're not that new, both been here over a decade, to London, uh, experiencing all the good, the bad, the ugly, the wonderful of London weather and how that affects gardens, then I hope you will enjoy this discussion. Uh, Anne has a background that makes her a fantastic resource. She's a woman of all trades, similar to myself. She has a degree, a doctorate actually, in virology and infection. She has a successful wedding photography business. And recently, in the pandemic and the inability to do said weddings, she has turned her hand to gardening, uh, creating a fantastic and lovely garden out the back of her home in Twickenham. Uh, her stories and documentation and beautiful photographs are seen at the Wild Backyard on Instagram. And we will go through a few things. Uh, in, in this uh, audio, we mention quite a lot my garden, which you can't see, I understand. So I have a follow-up post that will be available on Barksonomy in the journal and that will go through with some photos, talks through the entire story of what went well and what went wrong when we redesigned our garden. So please visit barksonomy.com for that, at the Wild Backyard for more on Anne's lovely gardening, and listen on for our discussion. Thanks. Hey. <laughs> Welcome to my garden. I know, isn't it nice here? <laughs> should all um, should all sit here. It's uh, very lovely. So um, today I'm going to be the one asking some questions. Excellent. I'm excited. <laughs> it's always nice. So, Jenny, yeah. tell me something about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have a cat. You do Can actually I have tell a cat that is likes to take center stage of everything I do. So she's a bit bored. It's, it's a lot harder for me to think of something interesting about myself, but I can tell you lots of interesting things about my cat. Yes, or your garden actually. So yeah. um, how do we start? Basically, how did you start? So the garden when we first got it was actually a bit of a pit. Um, it had some old tiles. Um, it had a really big. Um, used to have a tree in it but the tree had been cut down and the dirt had been left great <laughs> <laughs> the walls were in really bad shape um and so we knew that it was sort of the priority to get fixed so we had no experience kind of designing the gardens we talked to a couple of people we ended up mm. hiring somebody to do the design and the work for us would you recommend having a designer it's a tough one because mm. it didn't work out for us but I think oh, that's a good story. <laughs> <So ominous>. <laughs> <laughs> I think if you do a few things differently, uh, like making sure that you spend time going through the design and understanding what you want out of the garden a mm. bit more, maybe be a little, have a lived in the place a little longer and know how the light oh, changes. Yeah. Oh, I guess, um, yeah. Because I think we had some really set priorities and we communicated those. And the combination of the designer not knowing exactly how the space really was 
yeah with us not really knowing what we wanted created an end that really wasn't happening yeah (laughs) i guess yeah it's a good point actually about light because um in this particular space so you can't you can't see this but um there's walls all around there's houses obviously it's a you know it's a a city garden yeah small space um you think lack of light um so how is it how is the light situation here in the morning and in the afternoon so the light comes in from the east (laughs) i know i'm I'm not (laughs) really bad at directions (laughs) but over there it's over there and it starts in that section and it um in the summertime like by eight nine in the morning it's nice and bright all the way over here and it carries all the way through till about midday lunch right and then eventually the light goes over and out and then the rest of the garden is just shade, shade. most of Which the day. It's probably nice in the summer. Does it also change, um, obviously, then during the year? Like yes, in the y- in the winter, the, it's just it's a small couple of hour window where it goes. Yeah. Does the cat it. always follow the light? <laughs> basically? Yes, yes. So you can tell where the light is based on her. That's why we built this throne. The throne, so she can sit at the top. <laughs> and so light, definitely. So I guess that ties in with living in a space for a while before you decide how you're going to design it yeah because i think it's easy to say blanket statements like oh it's south facing or north facing or whatever but yeah there's always nuance and especially in a city where you have buildings kind of that cast shade and do weird things it's important to kind of understand where the little pockets are yeah i do so just to so people don't wonder why i'm here um because i uh, made a an allotment garden from scratch in a built-up area in Richmond and um, we had the same light problem so the garden's been in existence now for two years and the first year was basically me just watching where does because it also has walls big trees houses everywhere where the Sun actually is yeah because obviously plants some need more light than others so the first year was me just moving pops pots around and I'm going oh, oh it's over there now okay and it really changes and so I think that's essential, especially when you think about having any kind of real plant in a garden as well. Not only do you not want to have the big tree fern where you actually now want to sit because that's where the happened sun... Happened to me. <laughs> it happens to a lot of people because, you, th- you know, yeah, like you said, yes, south facing, but um, unless you're in an empty field, you, yeah, know, yeah, you don't get exactly. full sun. So which then brings us to the purpose of a garden, obviously, mm. which also a i think purpose can change Definitely. maybe you get a pet maybe you get have children maybe you already have children um but also your lifestyle i guess because how was that for you i think that's um a, a really good point because i think we at that time had a clear idea of how we wanted to use the garden we wanted yeah. to entertain we wanted to do barbecues so our priority and i at that point as well really didn't know how to grow anything and so I was I adamant, yeah. adamant that nothing, I didn't want to have to worry about it. I didn't want to have mm. to kill things and then replant them. And I just didn't want a garden to be a garden, which is kind of sad. Mm. But it, I was being realistic at that time. I think that's actually a healthy thing. You yeah. knew that you weren't going to be like green fingered goddess. Mm. Yeah. Um, you didn't want to have to do too much maintenance. Yeah. So especially when you're full time working. Do. You're gonna go and water and f- fertilize and prune, probably not, and then it just looks sad because 
So that's so. So for, yeah, for us, the purpose was really to be an ex uh, an outdoor room, a, a, a place where you can have barbecues and friends over. <laughs> One day we'll be able to do that again. <laughs> well, I mean, I've been, I've been here a few times for barbecues, yeah, yes. and um, it was always great. It's yeah. a great space yeah. for that. But so you knew what you wanted to do with it, exactly. basically. And that has changed yeah. um, a little bit. I now really enjoy trying to grow things. I'm still yes, not great at it. There's good bo good planters <laughs> over there, <laughs> <laughs> but but they're getting better. So I think that yeah. you know whether you want it to be like an outdoor room where it's paved over like ours is, yes. and there's only a few places for mm. plots. Whether you want it to be more like an allotment, whether you have a true you want to grow your own vegetables and fruit and flowers and and have the whole thing, whether you want it to be a perfect landscaped yeah, beautiful work of art where there's a sculpture and a water feature and and angles and you know and yeah, curves well. and beautiful architectural things of, yeah. of, of beauty um, or like you, you know if you have children if the priority is that the kids like you have toddlers running around it needs to be a safe place where they can exactly entertain themselves yeah. um, or if the you know what if the priority might be for you to have um, it be eco-friendly that you want to encourage it's a big thing yes you know, absolutely grow things wilder so that the bees and the bugs and the yeah um, the, the hedgehogs even can can come you in know, and and the foxes so um, yeah you know understanding what's important and it could be a combination of those things but understanding what it is that's important and what the purpose is was yeah is, is definitely a big thing and I guess also um, because city life also means small space. Yes. So you don't have the luxury of having, or often you don't, I guess, having designated areas for dining, playing, growing. It all has to have multi-use yeah. areas. So almost like um, modular garden space in yes. a way, right? So a designer probably has to, you can't, I assume, you can't just um, have any designer. They have to understand small spaces, if, especially if you have it, you know, like here, it's not a massive space. No, and it's a weird space. Very weird There's shape. The, the angles, the, none of these are right angles. Nope. So that's a, um, that's a funny corner. And this is a red angle. Oh yeah, it's, it's all funny corners, um, different materials. Yes. Um, and I know you're gonna put a photo of the original space. <laughs> <laughs> um, a lot of, yeah, just walls, basically. It's all wall yeah, space, isn't it? Yeah, walls and working with... And I think finding somebody that can work with the weirdness, mm. especially if you have it, is is a valuable skill. Rather than against it. Yeah. And it works the other way, too. If you have a blank canvas and an actual mm. new build rectangular garden, to create character out of that is just as challenging Very tricky, as wrestling yes. something out of the weird yeah. city evoluted, convoluted garden. Yeah. <laughs> Almost certainly, and also I guess as with anything, uh, storage yes. can be a big thing because if you do, like you say, you entertain, you have uh, barbecues, but also you, you maybe just want to, you know, work here in the morning. Mm -hmm. Having the option of putting stuff away, taking it out again, not having to go inside the house, and taking stuff from the house back out—that's um, probably an important tool, I would guess. Especially when you have children and you have lots of toys. Yeah. Because um, they have to go somewhere when in the evening, you know, the grown-ups come out to play. Exactly. So I think that's one of those. Um, so, so what other, like when you're considering, I think one of the things that I was, because I didn't know anything about gardening, I didn't know what plants would be an mm. easy way in. And I sort of stumbled into a few. 
But when you're choosing plans, what sort of things do you, sh do you think you should consider um, yeah. to start picking the right ones? Plans are difficult for people because unless you're, an I am not a professional, disclaimer, <laughs> but um, it's about choosing plants. A, you have to be realistic about the space. So mm -hmm. often people choose plants that will outgrow especially climbers on walls because you don't want to look at the wall so you think oh I'll get a jasmine or I'll get some grape vines or whatever. these things grow at a rapid rate and unless you keep on top of the pruning um, people go oh no it's taking over so you have to think about how big is it going to grow what light requirements does it have and you cannot and this is something I've seen in my years of planting and uh, also helping out in gardens you cannot bend a plant to your will <laughs> It doesn't like shade, it will not survive. It will always be piddly little plant. Mm. Evergreenness, especially, I think in small gardens, is a, is a nice feature to have. So you always have some interest because you don't want your garden to be planted up. And then in the winter, it's all sad and bare trees. Uh, so evergreen. And also, I think in this day and age, the pollinator friendly. Mm -hmm. And that's very easy. And those are the plants that thrive almost anywhere. Sun is good, but they don't need need sun. So, and for the kids, it's great if you have kids, and it doesn't have to be so manicured. That's the other thing. Yeah. So wild, with the and also it's um to get the interest throughout the year. So you want plants that flower in the spring, some in the summer. Then you get maybe in the winter you get seed heads, and if you find a good nurse, I would say instead of trying to go to any old nursery and going, mm, I don't know, this looks nice, um, go to a nursery and speak to someone there and yeah. ask them. And your garden designer, if you have a garden designer, they'll know as well. And then it's about budget, because big plants are expensive. You know, how long do you want to wait? <laughs> how much maintenance do you want to do? Do they require a lot of watering, especially now that rain is ever scarcer? Mm -hmm. You want to not have to, water access is actually a real big thing. So my allotment, there is no water access point. Oh, it is quite a long walk. From yeah, the it's a long walk. Yeah. It's about, I would say, 80 meters from ah. the tap around the corner of the house to the garden. I go with a wheelbarrow. So you kind of, if you really don't want to do that, everything's going to, you have to be realistic. Succulents, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. desert gardens, the soil is all very nice. So the water access is the one thing that I, I didn't, until you said that, I hadn't really thought about it, that changed me from being a disinterested mm -hmm. gardener to someone who really enjoys it was simply putting a tap at the attached to the back of the house there it is having a hose so it takes 30 seconds because it's yeah. a small garden i come outside turn the tap on that's psh, it everything's watered yeah and that's you know that's the it's, level it of effort so i can simple. handle yeah but it's enough to have who the wants to survive. go imagine if you have to go to the kitchen every time with a watering can exactly and that's why it never had happened before because yeah. that was always what i would have to do that's actually a really good point as well with the tap so uh these days you can get irrigation systems so basically you can lay around the edge um mm. all you have to do in the evening is turn on the tap for 20 minutes you know, comes out of the little holes in the tube and then waters everything and that's it. You never have to even go into the garden. Yeah. Just if you're busy, if you're not, if you, if you feel intimidated, so people are like, oh, I can't do it. So any, everyone can grow stuff, but you know, you don't have to. It's yeah. It can be easy and low maintenance. We like low maintenance. I think the other thing that, um, that I didn't take into account beforehand was the value of flexibility. Mm. I think I was a little, the um, gardener that we worked with, the designer that we worked with, was a little too big into building everything permanent. 
Ah, and then the small the planters, space. Yeah. So we had a massive planter here, and he was planting a massive planter over there, and they were built out of concrete render. And <laughs> so in Blackpool, permanent. Yeah. So it's really nice to be able to be, you know, because because like you said, you can't bend a plant to your will. So either you've got to rip it out and start over with a new one, or yeah. you might be able to just move it. <laughs> and you might. There's yeah. there's a little, you know, so there's there's a little bit of value in having some things at least in little yeah. pots that you can kind Absolutely. of dart, ar dart around. There's even the option, I haven't ever seen it in the UK, but the Dutch are very big on this, um, planters on like coasters basically. So you can oh. move, it, it, you know, in the day it's out of the way, the kids can play, and then in the evening you can screen off an area uh, with your little planters on coasters uh, full of plants. And it's very easy to move if you have tiled the exploring. Yeah. And I or have one of those, great. those bar carts, you know, like you oh see yeah. people put in the, the house with the cocktail trolley yeah. and just put the put the plants on it. Put and the plants on it where you want move, them. Move around depending on I think that's with the modular <laughs> thing again, yeah, I isn't like it? it? I like that. I mean, idea. you know, and it's, it's, uh, I think you're right. It's about finding a designer who isn't too married to the idea of a traditional mm. garden with, um, it's, you know, like you said, the square space is actually the hardest or these very long gardens a mm. lot of people have when they move into a new house. Long garden tall fences either side mm -hmm. and what do you do with it and it's about breaking it up often and then you can do sectional yeah. um, instead of having lawn in the middle lawn is another thing um, and then the beds around the border uh, you know it's kind of yeah. yeah but is it really that interesting and does it really optimize the space hmm. I think not because what do you do with a square lawn <laughs> and also lawn is um, lawns in London in particular is a bad idea yeah gets brown unless you water you shouldn't water so much you know water mm -hmm. is scarce um astroturf don't use astroturf <laughs> please um astroturf is for people who think i have a dog and children it's going to be wiped down really isn't and the, uh, the big disadvantage of astroturf is it gets very very hot yeah so if you have, so if you a, have a, a big sunny garden with a big that don't are, are um please. i think it works in small spaces it does but if you have a little bit, you just want to feel like you're standing barefoot yes. on the grass. Yeah. Big space in the sun. Um, as I've worked in gardens where it's 45 degrees on this plastic carpet. The dog can't go on that carpet anymore because they burn their paws. Polly wouldn't like it either. No. Um, so there is actually, as quite interesting, um, a, my colleague and boss, uh, Jess, who is a horticulturist and knows things. Um, and the best alternative is actually clover. You get clover lawn, it's evergreen, it never turns brown, you don't have to water, and it's very soft and it's very dense, and yeah. you can use it instead of grass. So that, and it's good for the bees. Yeah, excellent. We love it. Great so, um, which brings us onto one thing that I always see, materials. Yes. So materials you choose. So how do you choose materials? Because I assume there's budget considerations. Your designer will always show the <laughs> most fancy things, I assume. So. How do you choose the right materials for a small space? Yeah, I think it's funny because it's, it's not too different to choosing materials in your home because you're thinking about how you're going to use it, how long you want it to last, yeah. how durable it needs to be. Um, the difference is outside things get exposed to the sun. Um, with decking, I think, is one that looks very nice but has a fair, there's a degree of upkeep required. You do yeah. need to keep it... Um, keep it clean and treated uh, or it can get slippery there's you know there's yeah. um, we obviously opted for con like the tiles but your tiles are great honestly like 
but again, that's them. you know, and then they can be kept kept clean and swept, and yeah. for the most part, they're 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 low maintenance. But it's not, you know, it, it does it's definitely not garden. It's it's making it like a room. But like <laughs> so you said, it's if yours everyone. is a room, and yeah. um, and definitely, if you had a patio, you would also probably choose decking or tiling. Yeah, I think concrete render is one of those things as well. It looks amazing when it's first installed uh. and painted. And then the minute, like as soon as you go through a winter, it's covered in dirt. It's really hard to clean. Um, so very, I think that's a really good point. Yeah. Is it easy to clean? It sounds so mundane, but really, how often are you going to go with the jet wash? No, it, yeah. Probably never. So I did. I, I tried to clean the render on that was installed in our garden yeah, but you do have render, yeah. one spring and said not again and installed tiles on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you try, you try, you learn, right? Um, definitely concrete, like concrete, it looks great. I love it. I'm a big fan of concrete, yeah. but um, if I had to, it's very tricky. Yeah. I think even indoors um, maintenance and outdoors, uh, yeah, like you said, I think how easy is it to maintain and how often do you have to replace it? Yeah. And how's it gonna be used if your kids jump around on your decking all the time with their crayons? Um, how, you know, and especially decking is quite tricky with those grooves. And then you've got your neighbor's tree and then you've got the leaves. Um, yeah. All these things I think need to be taken into consideration. Gravel is another one. We yeah. had gravel and so much stuff got thrown onto it because it was out the front. And so people mm. walk by on the street and dump their candy wrappers and yeah. whoever, whatever else. And we couldn't sweep it up because no, it's really hard to, to sweep up, huh? on gravel. So. Um, that was one that we... It's a very good point. And, and yeah. it was difficult to change. I just finished piling, bagging up <laughs> kilo <laughs> after kilo of gravel, but it's done almost, so... Yeah. Um, also gravel, I don't know the price point, but if you want a really nice gravel, it's also not cheap. I no, think. it sounds like it because you see the bag, but a bag doesn't move very far. Yeah, at all. same with soil actually. If you buy, uh, yeah. you know this. You have these yes. big planters. Um, also amazing how much you can get out of a planter <laughs> when you have to empty it. It's like how did this? There's a plant in this, and still I have two tons of soil. Yeah, it's the it, it's the spatial awareness is uh, not doesn't see it's not intuitive. It's just compact, I guess. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so it's um, and also with materials, I guess how eco-friendly uh, do you want it to be? Yes. Which also again plays into cost. Yes. There's a lot of really great places you can get wood recycling and other materials. Yeah, you um, actually, I did, this is a genuine, this isn't, uh, you did go to this wood recycling place. Um, yes. Where is Solo. that? It's in Croydon. Croydon. There's a few of them throughout the country. Should, um, yeah. uh, and it's a fun day out um, just to see all the things they have and, and take a bit of time to let your imagination think mm. of how you could use things. After doing that, actually, I was, I kind of had an idea, I want to build some shelves. Ooh. And I had an idea of what I needed. And I just happened to be walking down the street and someone had all of these <laughs> wood planks <laughs> just on, and they just were sat there and it was almost exactly the amount that I needed. And I, thought, I just yelled to the other one, are these free? And they are. So I took, took them Take home it. in like two or three trips. Uh, but knowing, kind of having a, an idea of what you need, but a willingness to be flexible you can go yeah. in and come up with some really cost-saving and eco-friendly because it's things that are salvaged rather than salvaging and I think it's a uh, it's a trend but also it's fun yes and um, speaking of salvaging I mean oh, yeah. there's this a whole a salvage in there this right is this shed is completely built out of and it's amazing uh, fencing yeah that, that was that was throughout the back and I just wasn't 
got it's amazing really creative carpentry skills from um, from someone that I found that I was recommended and he was able to make the door out of one panel the shelves out of another panel a couple of posts on so the nothing end goes and to waste. And, have a shelf. and you have amazing color on it and you got your um, the faux plants I do I will say if you are if you don't have a green thumb and you don't want to try or you just want to ease into it and speak and it also works for evergreen there are yes. a lot of really good um, living walls now so this is this is that material yeah. um, but again they also make the living living walls <laughs> they <laughs> that do? are self-irrigated yeah. um, they, they tend to they're, they're a little bit pricey still but there's more uh, the more kind of common they become the, the less they'll be as ever yes. where there's the demand yeah um, and it's especially and um, you know often you have two houses next to each other and you have this walkway between them that's unused but it's mm -hmm. just to access something um, no sun you know very little rain or a lot of rain depending that's a space you can still make nice with just say ferns on a living wall or something yeah and people often forget it's like it, you can make every and it doesn't have to cost much yeah you know and if you if you have time in the winter you can propagate your own it's quite easy and you don't have to spend so much yeah and often people give plants away that's the other thing yes it's a bit like um, when you go down the street and find your shelves. Yeah, people have, have plants. Or also, um, the, another way to do it is to using it as a roof, like the living roof. Um, oh, I love a living roof. Yeah, and that's another way to get some wild. Yeah. So it, it's just how you use it. And it's really simple to build. You just need the membrane you just, and then the, the right soil. And there's a, lots of YouTube things. Of YouTube is a trailer trove for these mm -hmm. things. Uh, honestly, every, you think. You're, you're having a novel idea? No, someone's no, already someone's done a video. Someone's done. <laughs> and this is great. So, um, yeah, so basically with your space, um, you had a c uh, recent redesign. Yes. Which... Um, it gives us like the fifth or sixth version since, since the original, mm -hmm. which I was unhappy with. Every summer I've sort of taken a few steps towards getting it to something that I'm happy with. So it takes a while. Yeah. It does. Uh, and gardens can evolve. I think that's the nice thing. I too. think don't be afraid. Uh, yeah, exactly. Unlike unlike indoors. Yeah, unless you rip out the walls. Unless so. you, you know, there's, you know, moving a plant or growing, you know, if you like climbing plants can really transform and they'll look different every year and then Absolutely. you can kind of adapt and move with them, especially mm. you can have different plants in different places, especially if you um, if you either move the pots or you just move the planting or however, however they, they evolve, they grow because they are living. Um, and I think being able to have that flexibility is something that um, I now really value. <laughs> and that's why we, so we, we yeah. got rid of a permanent planter that we had um, that took up way too much space and was in the shade. So it was really hard to find anything that would grow there, mm. um, which is something we didn't really take into account when we were looking well at the original Well, neither did design. your designer. Well, I know. Well, that's that's it. Yeah, that's so, it. Um, but I think that's a, like, to kind of sum it up it's a good if you are going for a designer either to full design or even to just give you some ideas and you don't just implement it yourself um, it's always worth asking them what they would suggest in terms of planting yes if you want plants because um, some of them will say oh I don't know anything about plants and then you know then you know either you have to do the research or you have to find someone who does and if you get a good landscape designer obviously that's their job so yes yeah costs a bit more but also i think scrimping in in the it's false economy almost i know it's easy to say but there is a cutoff where saving too much money will just come to bite you in the 
proverbial. Yeah. I think with anything really, but yeah. um, especially and outdoors. And that, that goes back to especially with the garden. If you can't afford to do everything you want right away, you can just do some of it this year and then some of it next year, and see where it it's is. The evolution. Let it let, it, let yeah. it go, and that's. Um, that can be a lot more fun as well to sort of grow with your garden. Um, it's only if you need it very nice. right away for whatever reason. Maybe you're selling it. Maybe you just don't have the time. Maybe this is the perfect summer and no other year will work. But yeah. most of us can kind of do, yeah. do a little bit at a time. So I think so. It's just in stages. Yeah. Enjoy the ride. Exactly. I think. Exactly. So, um, yes, I think. Well, I've learned a lot, <laughs> certainly. <laughs> Me too, thank you. And um, I'm sure you're going to put some resources, as always. Yes, I will. Because you have them all. And um, <laughs> yeah, so it was a pleasure. And I think Polly um, enjoyed oh, it so much that she fell asleep Indeed. or she never woke up. I yeah, think. I, think, I think actually a cat sleeping is a good review. It's a good review. And also, again, proof that you have to design a garden for many uses. Including the cat. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Jenny. Me too, thank you. <laughs>